Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am very happy to introduce all of you to Matt Satin, who is the CEO of Top Dog Cocktails. Matt, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thanks for having me. Technically CFO, my partner Joanna, CEO, but all good. Gotcha. So um, just out of curiosity, I, I was looking up your information and I saw that you you had started in the hospitality industry or the the liquid libations, we'll say, um, from long ago. I've, I even saw that you had worked for Terrapin. Yes, I did. Uh, just brief history, um, if it makes it easier for everyone. I worked at uh, Philadelphia Weekly doing advertising sales in the early 2000s, so an alternative news weekly. And from there... Um, got in, really interested in craft beer and uh, grabbed the Philly Beer Week, now Philly Loves Beer, um, sponsorship. And that got me involved with a lot of beer folks and business owners and did that for a few years and decided it was time to transition into the beer world where I worked for Shangi's, a uh, local craft uh, brewery as the lone Philadelphia sales rep for three and a half years. And then I left and went to Terrapin, which you mentioned, um, and did sales and PA in South Jersey. Um, they got bought by Miller Coors. Um, and around that time, I left and went back to Shangi's as the director of sales and marketing. Uh, I was there for a couple of years. Uh, then went to Founders Brewing, another large, uh, now national uh, brewery. Was doing um, a lot of on-premise, um, larger cr- classes of trades like stadiums, concert halls, etc. But then the pandemic hit, so it changed that a little bit and uh, made me rethink some things. And that's when I decided I wanted to take my knowledge and um, apply it to a different area of the uh, of the hospitality industry, shall we say, into a growing niche. And uh, got presented with a great opportunity with uh, what is now Top Dog Cocktails and. Uh, kind of ascended from there over the last uh, year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, extensive history bouncing around. No, no. I mean, obviously, like having that history is crucial because you're learning different aspects of the business and, you know, what people like. It's almost like while you're bouncing around and, you know, going from here to there with uh, different, you know, companies, you're learning, like, generally speaking, what people like and dislike. Yep, definitely a lot of learning. Um, different aspects of each type of liquor are different, where you sell, how you sell on off premise. There are so many different things. So um definitely trying to learn a lot. I love gaining new knowledge and now um applying it to a a growing new industry, the ready to drink canned cocktail industry, which is uh Definitely something that was helped spurred on by the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a lot of uh, like things that were spurred on by the pandemic, but one of which were uh, lines out the door for for libations, because what else are we going to (laughs) do? Right. And we learned that not everyone knows how to make a cocktail, wants to make a cocktail, has the ingredients to do it, or after they do the first one creating a second or third one because, you know, (laughs) things happen after the first one. Yeah, consistency. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I, I think that's definitely helped uh, to grow the whole industry and lift all ships uh, there. Um, And we're seeing like a a sea change as people 
move away from some of the other types of alcohol. And this is the largest growing um, area right now in uh, in the in the alcohol industry, these ready to drink cocktails. So uh, we're excited to be a part of it and, and watch things grow. Yeah. And I want to make a distinct distinction for our listeners out there because there are a lot of ready to drink um, canned cocktails, or actually I should say canned hard seltzers that are out there. Um, Now you are distinguished from all of that in your own section or own um, niche, we'll say, because you are utilizing hard liquor. Right. So um, in PA, there's specific rules about whether you're a malt-based or um, spirit-based. And we're a spirit-based drink. So we're sold through the fine wine and good spirit stores, um, not through like a local beer store or grocery store. Maybe that'll change with some legislation in the future. But for now, um, the big distinction is we are a uh, PA-produced, so Pennsylvania-produced um spirit-based, ready-to-drink canned craft cocktails. The big key is uh, we're spirit-based. We don't have any bubbles. We're not a seltzer. We are meant to be like a real deal, high-end cocktail that just so happens to come into a, in a can for convenience purposes and many other things. So um, we want you to think of us as something that you sip, not something that you chug. And at 12.5% uh, <laughs> per can, we say two drinks per serving. We encourage people to pour over ice. Um, but it, it can be two and a half times as strong as a lot of these four and a half, five percent um, seltzers and other drinks out there. So uh, definitely a distinction um, and an important one. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was going to also give a nod to the ABV being such a high percentage. I know that at 12.5 percent, like I I will be thoroughly tipsy by the end of one can um, just because I know myself. I know how, you know, how I react to um, to alcohol. And I, I know that with or without food, that 12.5 percent is I'm going to be feeling it. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the point is, is it's a real cocktail. And, uh, by saying 12.5, some people are taken aback, but no one's ever asking like, how strong is my drink when they order one at the bar? Um, and you know, the way we look at it is that these are two cocktails. So they're 12 and a half percent each. Um, I mean, so they're like six and a quarter each. Yeah. So it's not that big a deal. It's like less than an IPA. It's, uh, you know, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and a couple of cocktails, a couple of beers are all similar. Uh, it's when, you know, it's when you start treating them like a seltzer, then that's an issue. And yeah. So that's a big distinction for us. Obviously. And I mean, and I'm glad that you said that because there is a distinction and in, in the hard seltzers are created to be more approachable um, in so far as throwing them back. Like you can drink multiple cans and not have a problem, whereas this is to be sipped and enjoyed. And I mean, the libation, the liquors that you use, you're using vodka, whiskey, and um, uh, mezcal. Tequila. No, tequila. But yeah. Tequila, yes. Mezcal. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, these now actually off of that, because mm-hmm. you're a PA based um, business, I was wondering if the, the alcohols that you use are also located out of Philly. So, you know, some of might have their origins elsewhere, but we um, we co-pack with Boardroom Spirits, who is a local PA producer um, out of Lansdale. Um, and, you know, we we get the alcohol from them. So they they do their treatment, filter creation, all kinds of different things, barreling. They're they're an excellent partner to us. Um, so we've come up with, you know, recipes with them and partnered with them and um, 
work with them on some, you know, figuring out some distribution and, and f- for, I'm sorry, uh, future recipe development, I should say. So, um, you know, thinking about new flavors and other things, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, we are using again, real <laughs> alcohol. It's not a malt based product, um, which it's not, I'm not meaning to be insulting here, but it can be a race to the bottom uh, with the seltzers where they're just trying to produce alcohol as cheaply as you can, like, you know, sugar water basically, and then add flavoring to it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that sometimes leaves that weird aftertaste that you get on the back of a seltzer can and everything. And what people say when they try ours, they're always like amazed at how good it tastes. And I said, well, it's because it's a real cocktail and you got to think about it like that. It's not just flavoring on top of it. Everything we do is all natural and we try and make sure we have at least three ingredients in each can. So it's not just flavor and alcohol. Um, you know, many have a lot more in, in that. Um, so uh, I think that not only are people pleasantly surprised at the, at the taste, but <clears throat> they enjoy the convenience and something different that they can pick up in a can at a pretty reasonable price too. Yeah. Now uh, I, you're saying you're using all natural ingredients. So when you can them, like, are you, because if you, you're, say you're at the bar and you order a cocktail, they're going to like dress it with, you know, um, various fruits and whatnot that are incorporated into it. Like there's always like a lime at the top of uh, a margarita, which I know you have the blood orange margarita, I think. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so in, in, other cocktails, they kind of they uh, macerate the fruit at the bottom, so it incorporates. Are you doing? Are you going so far as doing that, or you know, are are you letting the cocktails ferment a little bit so that they get infused? Uh, yeah, it's not quite that same process, but yeah, you can certainly garnish them if you want after you pour it out with like a lime on top. Um, in our branding, you see that encouraged in some of what we've done and. The idea is to address it, uh, to dress it like a real cocktail and treat it as such. So, yeah, I mean, there's just there's just nothing artificial. We're not using like made up chemicals that are hard to pronounce and things <laughs> like that. Um, you know, uh, our shelf life is pretty good naturally with liquor. It's a little bit different than beer because things aren't continuing to ferment in the same way um, with that. So uh, there, there are definitely advantages and um, different ways of producing it. Um, but you know, if you want bubbles in your drink, feel free to add a little bit more. If you want, um, a sweeter flavor, cause we try and keep the sugar low. Um, you can always add simple syrup or sugar to it, but like our, our tea will come in considerably less sweet than some of the others on the market. Um, our peach mango tea. So, uh, we figure you can always add more sugar. You can't take it away. So, um, but we think they're pretty good as is right now. Yeah. And I mean, I know that one of the the trends that it, it's kind of rehashing, it was it, it started trending a few years back um, and then the pandemic hit. And so it the trend went away real fast. But I feel like it's starting to trend again only because it's, you know, the summertime. And so people are trying to cool off. But they take the the fruit popsicles and they put it inside of your, you know, your bev- your cocktail beverage and you know, not only does it kind of chill chill your cocktail, it's infusing it with that extra like flavoring. And if you're looking for sweetness, sweetness too. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of sugar in those when you're <laughs> when you're adding that. But I mean, it makes it taste great. But it's a it's a different drink. We like to think we don't need any extra ingredients to have a good one. And that's you know, people like doing that, making cocktails of their own variants, and we encourage that. Like we have a blood orange margarita and a greyhound, which is our. Uh, vodka, grapefruit, rosemary, elderflower, and we combine them for a bloodhound, you know, or uh, the peach mango tea with the whiskey lemonade. 
excuse my minute aid. Hopefully you can see that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, a classic combo of peach man, uh, of tea and, and, uh, lemonade is an Arnold Palmer, or as my grandmother used to call it an Arnie Palmy. Um, because <laughs> she remembers him and that was her favorite golfer and that was the nickname. So, um, yeah, you can combine things, you can do different things, but we think we have four great flavors right now that are pretty universal and, um, can, can get you through all the seasons. And obviously this is a good season for us outdoor drinking weather because we do have the portability. Yeah. I was going to say, because there is that portability, it is a trend, you know, you can just, you can buy a case, um, at, at one of the places that, you know, sells it, which I know, you know, we'll find out later where to, where to find that information from you. Um, but then you can take it to wherever you want. You can take it to your, your, you know, a cookout. You can take it to the beach if it's allowed. <laughs> yeah, beach, barbecue, pool, your boat, patio, concert. If you want to tailgate a game or a show, um, there are a ton of different options. Um, you know, it's a lot harder to lug a few bottles of liquor and mixers and, and glasses and ice and all these things you can do. You can just drink from the can if you want, or just bring a little ice and some cups, and and you'll be set with us. Um, so. You know, some people go hiking, all kinds of different places you can take us. Wherever you want to that it's legal, we're, we're in favor of. Yes. <laughs> I love that you put the caveat of where it's legal. <laughs> Absolutely. That 21 is, plus and wherever you go that it's legal is, is good for us. And, and that's a perfect thing. Now, I know that there's a bunch of events that, you know, obviously it's summertime and then we're going to roll into uh, fall. So we're still doing towards that beginning section of fall. We're still doing events outdoors. Do you have any events that, that are coming up that you're participating in? Of course. Um, yeah, we try and do some all summer. We were just at Independence Beer Garden. Um, every Friday, we are over in Fishtown at Deli on Dwell doing uh, Top Dogs and Hot Dogs. They do a, <laughs> like a, a later happy hour in the evening trying to get people before they go out. Um, so they do discounts on that in, in variety of hot dogs. Uh, we'll be at the uh, PHS Pop-Up Garden on South Street. Um, if you're familiar with that place, a uh, beautiful garden by the Philadelphia, Hol- Philadelphia Horticultural Society. Um, we'll be there Thursday, August 17th from 5 to 7 p.m. sampling all four flavors. And then we'll be at some of the bigger events like the All-Star Craft Beer and Wine Fest at the Ballpark on September 30th, which has like 15,000 people and lets you like do, you know, go on the bases at Citizens Bank Park. We'll be at Philly Wine Fest at Life Casino October 7th. A bunch of other things like that. Um, we do list our events on our page, topdogcocktails.com, and we are very active on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Top Dog Cocktails. And and you know what's funny is I you actually on on your uh, website I, you have one of my friends is in one of your uh, your uh, man, your photos, and I was oh, like, really? "Oh, there's Brenda." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, we did some parties with some influencers um, early on, and uh, we had an anniversary party, I believe, which is up on our website right now. Um, and you know, we like to incorporate real people, um, not just models in in our photo shoots and everything. So people that we that we're friends with, we know, influencers, um, you know, the people like you and me who are drinking uh, these drinks and enjoy it. So um, we're just trying to keep things real and, and, um, you know, get everyone involved. And I think that's a good way of getting, you know, spreading the word is uh, having people try it and passing it along. And 
sometimes if they're on a website or an Instagram, that helps too. And they like to share that. So Obviously. Sucks. Yeah, of course. Now, I, I know that you probably love all of them, but I always ask this question, uh, like almost putting like a spotlight on you. Yeah, Is which there... is my favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't have kids. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, it, it just depends in, uh, you know, you'll hear me waffling a little bit. Um, our director of sales, Justin Nost, loves the whiskey lemonade. Um, Joanna Manzo, our CEO, is a, a, a big tea lady. She likes the peach mango tea. Um, Ken, our president, when he got started, definitely enjoyed the Greyhound, a little bit more sophisticated, light and refreshing. For me personally, if I had to choose one right now, if you're forcing me to, it's it's the blood orange margarita. I just uh, I really enjoy that taste. I think having um, tequila is a little bit different than a lot of the the vodka drinks out there, and I love that blood orange flavor. And you know, you, you can dress it up. You can even salt the rim of the can or sugar the rim if you wanted. And you can have that option right there. But um, it also pours out a beautiful blood red color because. Again, these aren't seltzers. These are actual cocktails. So they are pouring the different colors. So when that comes out, I think it looks great and it tastes great and it's unique. Yeah. So that's mine. And um, I, I have to say, like, the the one that would pe- that piqued my interest is actually the Greyhound because it, it it's incorporating the rosemary in there. And I'm just, I would love to kind of try that taste. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it's a bigger profile when you bring in herbs to uh, into a cocktail. Yeah, we think it's fun. Um, I mean, Greyhound is the name of a classic cocktail, vodka and grapefruit, and we zhuzh it up a little bit with the the rosemary uh, and the elderflower and a couple other tiny things we won't get into. Um, but uh, <laughs> proprietary info. Um, but we think that's light and refreshing, and it does give it a nice twist, and it's a little original. Plus, we wanted a drink just with that name, the Greyhound, and us being top dogs. Um, because we have dogs on all of our drinks, a local artist, Patricia Carlin. Uh, let's see if we'll capture it. I can uh, see, yeah, it got yeah. it got in there um, like real in quick. And out. <laughs> um, you know, she's a local artist. She did all the drawings. We had um, uh, another local designer, Alex Peltz, help us with the label, our own fonts and stuff. So, I mean, we we keep going with that dog theme, and the Greyhound was obviously a great pick for that, and uh, the fact that it is. <laughs> Interesting with the rosemary and elderflower does give it a nice touch. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Uh, Let our listeners listeners know, I'm tripping over my own words, but let our listeners know where they can find you online and um, yeah, (laughs) purchase you. I appreciate it, Amaris. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You can find Top Dog Cocktails at topdogcocktails.com. We'll We'll uh, deliver a case right to your house if you're in the Philly Five County area. Free delivery. It's uh, the least expensive way and a great way to get us. Um, but we're also in the fine wine and good spirit stores. We're in about 40 of them um, in Philly Five County area and, and a couple in Lancaster right now. So we have a variety eight pack for $29.99, which we think is a great bang for your buck and a good deal. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for no, having us. No problem. Thank you so much, Matt. And we will be right back after this short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Gene Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. 
Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs, and I would love to introduce you to Neri, who is the owner and the chef at Breakfast at Bloom. Neri, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So um, for our listeners out there, you can't see this, but she is seated inside of her restaurant with the the beautiful background behind her. Um, But this, I actually did a quick uh, background review. check on you and this is not your first time owning a restaurant yes and no <laughs> yes and no we we can tap into that I was gonna say so how did you get into the hospitality industry because I think that uh through researching you you graduated in 2011 with your bachelor's in uh business administration yes <laughs> so want me to jump in yeah I'd love for you to jump in so um, I think it's, it has everything to do with uh, creativity and art. And I've always been very whimsical about showing my art. And food was one of those things that gave me that creativity. And people uh, love to buy food. People love to eat. It, it's a feel-good thing. It's one of those things where even if you don't have money, you will scrounge up your last few dollars to get fries. And that that is one of the reasons I got into this business. But in high school, I wanted to take home ec and food. And my principal was very adamant about me not. She made me take business and principles, which I, I was like, what do, I, what do I need this for? I don't, I don't need this. And um, I'm so happy that she did because three things I got out of the class was understanding business and your business model and learning what is essential in your field yeah essential meaning the teacher really got on my nerves but i'm grateful for him now he said have a career have a passion and have a hobby all three of those things will make you money Mm. i'm like okay whatever you know when you're a teenager you're like you think you know everything but you have no idea what, what that is and so i ended up actually going into property management i did that for 16 years But I always had this passion for being a business owner and anything that had to do with fashion and clothes, I loved. So if one thing didn't work, I would go to the my passion, my career is property Mm. management. My passion is food and my hobby is shopping and decorating my home. Okay. so one thing just didn't satisfy me personally. And I believe that's a big need when you're working. You need to have satisfaction and know that. It's a it's the proper representation of who you are. And in property management that paid the bills and I love dressing up and I love feeling superior and important and, you know, closing deals for the companies I work for or renting out apartments or just looking for new properties. But it still didn't give me that. I made it. I put this together. I curated it. It's something I physically did. So I would go back into trying to get into the restaurant business. And so my first, um, what you're talking about, I think you're talking about, I ended up trying to buy a turnkey restaurant and that was a heck of an experience. That was a very eye-opening experience. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I felt that my managerial skills, I knew how to hire, I knew concept, I knew how to cook enough because a lot of people would hire me for like small catering and I love to entertain at home. And I learned so much in that experience where it almost um, kind of scared me 
to go into it again. Then the next time I decided, I said, you know what? I learned a lot from it. Don't be scared and just go for it. And the, and you go for it. You did. And uh, you definitely have gotten a lot of accolades and a lot of um, a lot of exposure from, you know, media, from television, from, you know, publications and obviously people, you know, the Yelpers and the and whatnot who review. So everybody seems to absolutely love Breakfast at Bloom. And um <laughs> and I mean, you had mentioned it, you know, before that, you know, everybody loves food, but it's it food is just not just like everybody likes it. You have to eat, but it's also one of those universal things that bring people together. But you know, one of the most important meals to, of the day, of course, is breakfast. <laughs> so um, you have a stuffed French toast that uh, yeah. seems to be very popular. It is. It is. It is. Um, our strawberry stuffed French toast is, I mean, it's shareable and it's huge. And it's really decadent. Um, I use challa bread. Everybody asks me, what is this bread? What is this bread? It is challa bread. Um, I just think that when I think of breakfast as a kid, I remember sitting at the table and you see pancakes. Pancakes look bigger than life. And so here, I try to make sure the food kind of reminds you when you were younger and the exaggeration of it. But also, we have like a little the brunch concept so that when you do come, you can have variety. So that's where that stuffed French toast came from. And I mean, I, I'm one who, if you have the option between a pancake or a French toast, I always opt for French toast because it's like I'm drawn to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, if, if I recall, you have a chicken and waffles, too. Yes, we do. We, we have to keep the balance between that brunch and breakfast. And I think that's one of the staples when that concept actually came together. Um, and it's such a good pairing because it's a sweet and savory. And I'm definitely that type of girl. I love sweet and savory. And it just is one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm undecided if I want to get a breakfast meat, but I really want lunch, but I really want breakfast. So it, whoever came up with the idea, thank you. I love you. <laughs> Um, for that, on that same uh, note, notation uh, of the savory sweet breakfast slash lunch, I am a huge fan of Monte Cristo's. Yes. I thought about adding that to the menu. The only thing is we try to minimize having any processed meats. Because mm. we, we really cater to the idea of having fresh. And uh, bacon is a breakfast thing, but it's not my favorite thing to have. So I'm trying to figure out where I could balance that. But we do have something very similar. We do fry our French toast. So it gives you that balance where you think you may have that crispy, buttery, yeah, that feeling. Yeah, with a little bit of a crunch, like a little extra texture. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, you also offer, you know, uh, cocktails and mocktails on your menu as well. Tell, do you pair that with particular items or have recommendations? So everything here is very whimsical with our concept for our drinks. Um, We do. We offer like, okay, so our mimosas, we are... We're, we don't serve any alcohol, if you don't know. And so people are kind of shocked because it's funny to watch someone come here and act as if they're actually kind of like, oh, my God, I've had a few drinks. I'm like, really? 
<laughs> we use Seedlip, and Seedlip is a non-alcohol alcohol. And it's funny because it ha- I, I taste where I get the, the aroma aromatics of that texture that we get when you do actually have alcohol. So it's so funny. Like we had just got an award for, not an award, we just got recognized for our espresso martini. And when I tell you, I looked at everybody's espresso martinis, ours is pretty darn sharp. The, the, the texture, the layering, it was really nice. And just to know that you can come here and it's brunch. So I try to not have you want to even leave here, you know, oh my gosh, I had such a time. I want to go home and go to sleep. Whereas uh, you had an ex- had a, an amazing experience. You had a cocktail and it did not take away from your equilibrium. Seriously. <laughs> you know? But yes, we do. We, um, we try to pair, um, different types of foods that we have here as far as like we have divine eggs, we have our French toast, we have uh, we have a lobster waffle, which is more like a salad. It's on a cornbread waffle stuffed with uh, main lobster meat. And then we have arugula, tomatoes, um, lobster meat added in with a little sherry wine. And it's really good. So you, t- to me, that would pair very nicely with our Bloody Mary, our, our, our version of a sangria. And people just absolutely love it. They do. They absolutely love it. So, yes, there's absolutely. Um, and the staff that works here is very versed on the menu and also offers you different things to even try. So I use my customers when I'm here trying to create something new. I feel like we have a seasonal menu. Mm-hmm. And we will definitely, while they're here, we'll send some things out for them to try and get their input. Because that's more important to me than just what I would like versus what my customers may say, hey, could you add this or maybe, you know, do this or something like that? <clears throat> Absolutely. Because th- those are people who drive my business and keep coming back. So their their opinion is very important to me. Of course. Um, now, I might actually switch gears on you for, for a little bit um, because I wanted to touch base on the fact that you – Speaking of pairings and 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 whatnot, um, you had been one of the uh, one of the first corporate diversity partnerships with um, the Greater Wilmington, huh? With Amazon, yes, with Amazon and um, the Greater Wilmington Tourism Bureau. So, how did that you know help with your business? And you know, is it, are you is that still ongoing? It is very you know. I'm a very genuine person and the people who find our business literally come from everywhere. They reached out to me and they just basically said, Hey, Neri, we like what you're doing. Would you like to be a part of this? And they had came before, um, great, greater Wilmington visit, visit Wilmington came out and she spoke to me and they've been nothing but supportive because I'm a small business. A lot of people, it looks bigger than what it is. Um, but I'm really a small business when they asked me, was I really, they kind of told me I was going to be part of it. And I felt that I was like, yes, I understand that I, I, I'm the best fit for something like that because I'm a small business. I'm a local business and getting us out there for people to visually see us outside of handing out flyers and you're trying to do Facebook ads and things like that. 
some of us can't afford it. You know, we're a small business. So that really does help to know that someone is paying attention to your hard work. Because it's one thing to be just a chef. It's another to be a business owner. But when you combine the two, you have to wear so many hats that you're missing some things. And if someone else catches it and can help you, that's such a benefit. So that is still going on. They actually came out. We did a photo. Um, they reached out. I was supposed to actually go to their warehouse um, to speak to some of the people there. I believe that these are opportunities that need to be more had for small businesses to be successful. It's really important to have the support of corporations because Amazon's huge. Um, Visit Wilmington has made, you know, has their brand and They've actually made a statement for themselves, helping small businesses stay in business and showing them on their platform makes a huge difference that people, some, some of my followers may not be your followers or some of the people I may just talk to at the gas station, you may never run into. So it is important when opportunities like that come, that they pick a person that they feel is going to be a good representation of who they offer it to, that they see the work behind the scenes that they actually know the character of the person they're investing in. Because sometimes, you know, businesses come and go, especially restaurants. That's one of the hardest parts for me to really face. Like, you know, this will be my second year in business, but just making it for, through the first year felt like it went through like a breeze, but it didn't at all. So it, it, it is very important for um, those type of programs and just recognizing our hard work and wanting to help us it was really amazing. I, I couldn't thank them more for even selecting me. And and it's a it's a big deal that they did that. And you know it helps bolster your business. And you know it it also adds an additional spotlight on you. Um, but I know that you also spotlight other things. Like you give back to the community in various ways. I I know that you're the CEO for N for Women. Um, yes. And that you also volunteer as a life coach. So I'm I'm also wondering, because you have this space now, like, what, you know, do you ever bring in a- events or, or whatnot? I've been working on that. I used to have um, a girl's boss brunch. I used to ho- host it in my home because I had huge house in Wilmington. And what I realized is that a lot of us have a skill set. We just don't know how to utilize it properly. And I work with a lot of kids for this specific reason. When you're an adult and someone asks you, when you were an adult, what did you want to become? And you said something, you didn't realize the amount of work and effort that was going to go into actually becoming that. And when you become, when you're in that moment and you realize, you sit back five years or three years and you're like, what am I doing here? Or what am I it, did, it doesn't make sense. This is I'm not even happy. It's because of the people around you and your circumstances. So I love people that know me personally know I literally love and enjoy helping someone fulfill their goals, their dreams and utilizing my skill set to actually bring it to fruition. Now, being a restaurant owner now, I didn't know it was going to take this amount of effort and this amount of time away from me being able to help people. But any chance I get, I do. Um, and then I had to start realizing, Nara, you got to hold some of your resources for yourself because now you need help. Yeah. And that was really hard because it's like, it's easy to solve someone else's problems because it's not your problem. But when it's your problem, you're, you're running around trying to figure it out and you don't have the extra mental space to actually just take a step away, act as if you're someone else. That's what I tell people all the time. Like when I would get asked for advice, I'm like, 
All you have to do is remove yourself from that situation. Look at yourself as if you're in the mirror as a second person and give that person the advice. Yeah. But if you're thinking about it for yourself, you get overwhelmed. You can't think clearly. It's too much. Things like that. And with kids and why I work with kids, kids don't have bills. <laughs> they have yeah, the wildest imagination. <laughs> they have the extra time to be whimsical. And they literally speak life into you. Because when you see a kid just goofing around, as an adult, I remember my mom like, you're so silly. You're just goofing around. Like, I don't have anything else to worry about. So when I work with kids, I, I get inspired again. Yeah. I get, I get immediately inspired again. Because I'm like, remember what you want to do? The amount of, when you see a kid bouncing around, <laughs> when you see a little kid bouncing around, you're like, where do you get this energy from? Realistically, you're kind of jealous. You're like, I wish <laughs> that I didn't have to drink coffee to be like that. I wish I had at least just 10% of that so I get through the day. And with us, business owners, parents, anyone that's a, just just even working, you're trying to, you know, the time, time is actually getting away from us. You know, I noticed that 24 hours is not a real realistic. That's not real. It's really about you have a solid 10 hours to make it count, to make it count because the sun is going up and it's coming down. And in that time frame, you have to be very diligent in your mind. And there requires a lot of discipline that you really are sacrificing something for something you're sacrificing. And those are the things when, when I speak to people about, you know, they'll bring me their business plan. I'll look over it. I may even redo it for them. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, do you understand what you're getting ready to give up? Because if you're comfortable living a certain lifestyle and you want to be an entrepreneur, remember, you're quitting your job of working maybe really realistic seven and a half hours to possibly working 16 to 36 hours, maybe <laughs> two hours of sleep, seven cups of coffee. <laughs> that is probably the most accurate thing I could ever, ever hear or say myself is, you know, you, you definitely sacrifice your time, your energy and your sleep, a lot of your sleep and personal life for owning a business. But um, I, I want to actually circle back to your business, Breakfast at Bloom, because we are, we're having such a wonderful discussion, but running out of time. So let our listeners know where to find you online and in person. Okay. So we are located on at 4304 North Market Street in North Wilmington. My website is www.breakfastatbloom.com where you can actually make your reservations if you're looking for space for events, catering, personalized, anything you need, you can actually find on our website. I'm also hosting a benefit. I'm looking to actually raise a certain amount of donations so that I can find my new restaurant. Uh, we are really working really diligent, diligently to outfit this, a new space. Um, we are growing to, we're growing out of our current location. Um, this building was built in 1942. And to ensure the quality and what I would love to, you know, show to my patrons and just everyone in the community, we decided we are going to try to actually buy our own building to ensure the longevity of our project, because it doesn't make sense for us to start building something and not own it. So that's where we're at with it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Good luck. And thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And hopefully our listeners will be able to help out and contribute to your your scope of your next uh, endeavors. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> All right. And we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolicus at gmail.com. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs, and I am so happy to be able to introduce you to the two owners of Lewin Ogs, which is located in... Farmer PA. <laughs> your your business is actually somewhat new, um, but you guys have, have the amazing, amazing looking ice creams, affogatos, and, you know, coffees at Lewin Ogs, but... Let our listeners know, you know, how you got into this business and, you know, the the history behind the name. Yeah, sure. So Lou and Oggs is, uh, it's named after our children, Lila Rose and Augustine. Uh, they're both teenagers. They'll be starting high school in about a month now. Well, right? Lila's already in high school. Right. And Augustine is joining high school in Marble Newtown um, in September. Right. So, uh, yeah, as far as uh, the idea, we uh, kind of taking back uh, two years around the time of the pandemic, COVID, uh, we were spending a lot of time indoors. And one of our activities was to just break the monotony and go out for ice cream. Uh, and we would take a lot of trips out to more uh, rural, rural PA, you know, like uh, Lancaster and, and places like that. So, um, you know, Preet and I, we always wanted to start a coffee shop at some point when we were, you know, whatever stuff like that and it was just like you know something to incorporate the kids along with us um and so coffee and ice cream just went well hand in hand for us you know like they love coffee they love ice cream yeah we do it all the time as a as a family to go out for ice cream so we thought why not open our own shop well and then we started kind of going into it even further you know and then doing more analysis and then research (laughs) (laughs) i love that you used air quotes on research because i think that it's a family thing where you guys are testing out the like the different uh, recipes that you're coming up with. Right, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. You know, like trying to test out different, you know, flavor profiles when you're stuck in the house and you have nothing better to do. Um, so, yeah, we kind of use that time constructively, I guess, with the kids, trying to get them more engaged and keep us engaged as well and not go crazy in, in one house together. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Ash, I I know that men gen- generally don't have like the strongest sweet tooth, but, you know, given that you guys are... are offering up these gourmet i mean for for our listeners out there you have to like check out the the photos and whatnot that are up there they are decadent the um ice cream dessert cups and whatnot that you guys come up with and the affogato so what is one of your favorites that you you guys serve up uh well first of all i'm probably the sweet tooth in the family oh really Uh, (laughs) it's probably me and the kids uh i also do gravitate towards uh, the coffee and espresso side as well. But um, yeah, as far as a favorite, uh, we we ended up picking things that we were all, you know, pretty much really into. So anything on that menu is, you know, considered a favorite for us. I, I like uh, the Sunrise in Cali, which is this sweet and sour uh, yuzu marmalade that has pistachios and toasted coconut. Toasted coconut. It's really, uh, it's a very different type of soft serve. So that's one of the, the ones that stands out in our menu for us. Um, and I mean, you also have a, because it is the summertime and because people camp and, you know, or, and they also want to cool off. You have something that's called the deconstructed s'mores. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh one that we came up with where 
It's basically vanilla soft serve with uh, this artisanal uh, marshmallow that we get from, uh, it's actually called the Artisanal, artisanal Marshmallow Company in New Jersey. So uh, she makes these, you know, handcrafted marshmallows that are cut to size uh, for what we need. And then we will, uh, you know, we'll roast them up in the store, put it with graham crackers and chocolate, chocolate chunks. chunks. It makes it, has that like outdoorsy s'mores feel. Yeah, we actually have a torch in there where they'll, you know, light the whole thing up and, you know, put it right on top of the ice cream. So it tastes delicious. Yeah, it's great. I know. And then it caramelizes those sugars, too. So it's it's a perfect combination um, profile-wise, like, for a dessert. Like, you can't get anything better because you have the smooth and creamy, you have the crunchiness, and then you have that, you know, the 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 almost, like, burnt, t- like, taste. Not burnt, though, like, but, you know, the caramelized taste from, from, from that. Um, it's a perfect combination for any foodie that's out there that wants a dessert. Um, now, I want to jump into the fact that you guys work closely with uh, uh, businesses that are PA-based. Um, I know that you you go work with OX Coffee. Yeah, so OX Coffee uh, in, in Queens Village, uh, they uh, have been supplying our espresso and our coffee um, with their OX 1 and OX 2. So, it, it's one of those pairings, you know, we, we were researching for a very long time on the right roaster and these guys really stood out with just the way it works with the, the soft serve that we're putting out there. Yeah, it's not too acidic. It has like a very nice compliments like the espresso and the coffee itself has like that well-rounded taste that goes along with everything that we have on the menu. So given you saying that because your reaction, I'm like, you are you do you have a sweet tooth or are you just kind of like more of the coffee Oh, sorry, uh, Pritha. Do you do you prefer like the coffee over the the desserts? Uh, you know what? That's funny because like I I am not much of a sweet tooth, but I like the sunrise and Cali. I was like uh, my type of um, pairings were those that were in for people who, who for people who don't really like too much sweet, but they want to be part of the family. <laughs> you know, so like I mean, <laughs> they would all get the, all that chocolatey stuff, and I would like to get something that's a little bit more like I guess like not refined, but like um, a little different tasting you know so i guess that that yuzu pairing with the toasted coconuts and pistachios worked well yeah because it was like it wasn't too overly sweet and i would have that with coffee everywhere i would go i would have i always got coffee so coffee was like more of my strong point but and when it came to the menu it was usually those types of things that i we're leaning more towards. Right. Gotcha. And I, so I would assume then, then the, the match of madness would probably be something that you, you would prefer to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause we, this, oh, sorry. No, 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 I was going to say we, we've uh, gravitated towards, you know, those uh, flavors that are a little bit different from what you would get from a typical ice cream shop. So uh, matcha madness will probably be more of a, a featured item or a seasonal type of thing. Um, but the mainstays are, you know, like the use a marmalade type and the strawberry. strawberry um, so Supreme. strawberry Supreme is a hit right now. Um, and it's delicious because we make the compote in-house. We make the strawberry crunch in-house. Um, so it has like this very well-rounded taste with cheesecake pieces mm. on the side. It almost has like a strawberry cheesecake feel um, with golden graham cracker crumbs and stuff like that. So it's like, that's been pretty, yeah, pretty it's crazy. Been a big one. Yeah. Um, now, with your launch, because I, I believe it's it, you guys are still really, really new um, in Ardmore. Are you participating in any of the like mainline uh, Ardmore taste of Ardmore and, and whatnot? Yeah, so we are part of. Uh, so we actually launched during Restaurant Week here in Ardmore. Um, there, we're very close with the Ardmore Initiative, which uh, you know they have tons of different 
events and fun- fundraisers, and we try to uh, see where we could be a good fit for some of the work they're doing. So uh, Ardmore has been incredible just in terms of, you know, getting us to connections with, um, you know, the music hall and some of the other uh, community organizations there. So typically speaking, like what, what are the hours that you keep? Because I, I know myself, I work all kinds of hours and I end up like all over the place, but um, when, when are you open from when and until when? So we're open from Tuesday to Saturday, from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then Sunday, we have shorter hours, maybe from 1 p.m. to about 8 p.m. And then Monday, we're off. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, I was like, mm, I wonder if I can go hit you guys up. Because <laughs> we're the, the studio that we record out of is actually quite close to where you guys, you're, you're located. And I was oh. like, oh, I wonder if I can stop in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're, you know, uh, working on the hours, but those are sort of what we're setting with at this point. I know you know, obviously, if you're relatively new, you're working with the Ardmore um, Business District, but like, do you have any other um, ways that you give back to the community? Because obviously, you have two children, so you probably see like a a spackling of uh, kids coming in. That is going to be a very popular spot for everybody who's a coffee drinker, ice cream lover. But um, are there any kind of community event- events that you're involved in? Yeah. Uh, so actually for our launch, we uh, did a collection for the Ardmore Food Pantry. So part of our proceeds will be going to uh, to the food pantry to you know help with their program. Um, part of our, our mission statement when we started this business was to be able to do things that were you know, charitable organizations and sort of find ways to incorporate or incorporate ourselves and our work with uh, work being done by these charities. So um, not immediately, but at a later phase, we are looking to start doing charity nights and um, work with other organizations that are looking to do some sort of fundraisers. Now, some some of the things that I don't know if you know this or not, but there is there are like ice cream, um, like there's a national ice cream day and there's different competitions that are, you know, held within the city. So I'm wondering moving forward, because you guys are so elaborate, like and the scope of what you offer is, you know, not just myopically like ice cream, you're incorporating, you know, coffee. So you can probably get you know, National Coffee Day, because there is that too. <laughs> Would you inv- get involved with any of um, those Those or like run any specials? Yeah, I think everything's on the table at this point. I mean, we're, uh, we we had a later start than we had originally anticipated. So, you know, July is uh, about, you yeah. know, pretty much through summer at this point. Yeah, so. I think we missed like we were, our launch or our soft opening was right after <laughs> the National Ice Cream Day. Yeah, so we missed... <laughs> You missed this year, but next year we'll be there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're very open to doing fun stuff. And we actually do carry uh, Dottie's Donuts, which is uh, um, from West Philly. And National Donut Day is another one we've uh, we've definitely put on the menu as something we want to be part of next year around. Of course. I mean, and I don't know anybody who doesn't love a donut. I love donuts. (laughs) These are amazing. Dottie's is uh, it's vegan. Um, the flavors are like, what do they have? Thai tea this oh, time? They have like, like, you know, raspberry, lemon. They also have all the classics. And I, that's been a really big hit too, just because we do offer vegan Oatly mm-hmm. soft serve, which is, it's great. I kind of tend, I, I try to avoid dairy as much as I can. It's funny. We have an ice cream chef, but I try to, um, because I want to get it just because just for health reasons. Right. So like for Oatly, we have like the Oatly vanilla. That's amazing. It tastes, it has like a very creamy flavor. 
flavor. It goes along and complements a lot of the different toppings. Yeah, we've, we've tricked the kids into thinking it was just normal vanilla. And, <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> right. right. It's really that good. I mean, it, 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 it's really that good. And a lot of the, a lot of our folks in Ardmore actually do love it. Some people have had it. Right. It's also striking because I, I know what one you're talking about. It's the, the midnight vanilla. Yeah, yeah. And it comes in that dark cone. Yep. yep. Right, right. Yeah, so there's a midnight vanilla cone, and then the Oatly soft serve is just its own vanilla that we'll fill up for or swap out for any of the uh, menu items that we have. Oh, which is really good because, I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who have who are vegan and who have dietary restrictions. So having that on your menu is key because then you can involve everybody. Yep, right, exactly. exactly. I also know that you work closely with Famous 4th Street Cookies, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. yeah, another Philadelphia brand that just, you know, was iconically filling. So, um, what? How do you incorporate their their cookies into uh, what you offer? So, I mean, I am very partial to Famous Forestry just because I've always went to Reading Terminal Market, even when I was a little girl, and I would always get like you know cookies and stuff. And when I finally got to open up our own shop, um, they were the first people I reached out to, and they were awesome to work with. They are awesome to work with, um, you know. So we have we offer about four different types of cookies and their brownies, and their brownies are actually what we use for one of our main specialty items, which mm. is like a chocolate. It's an actual full brownie. That brownie is also used in the avocado as well. So it's it, we use a lot of their cookies and um, their brownies for the specialty items that we have. Which I mean, I would you you said a whole brownie like that's that's a lot. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Chocoholic, you're serious, right? I mean, we're like, we, we're, we take it very seriously. Um, but the chocoholic is a very decadent, you know, decadent. You've got to be a very, very much addicted to chocolate for that one. Right. Um, the cookies that we have are chocolate chip, peanut butter chocolate chip, oatmeal, and M&M. M&M cookies are very famous, very, very, very popular with the little kids too. So I don't know if you can have a chance, but when they come out with the, the they have a blueberry cookie that is just phenomenal it's got like blueberries and uh, white chocolate chips in it and in kind of like a sugary top when they come out with that I swear you should try it because like and try to create something with it just because it is delicious that go well with our vanilla yeah we have we actually did a blueberry cobbler oh yeah so we did a blueberry cobbler because uh I made an extra compote um, blueberry compote and we ended up selling out on that one too we had that blueberry with the vanilla it just worked out perfectly that with the graham cracker was great yeah that cookie would totally work well yeah and or uh or uh, like a key I'm sorry I'm I feel like I'm consulting with you, not interviewing. But um, the they like are or a key lime like get like that kind of flavor because that's a a nice uh you you would probably like it because it's not super sweet, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, key lime like that lemony you know that taste. Our uh, our first featured flavor was actually lemongrass, which we went towards for so it was lemongrass with toasted coconut. Yeah, and that was that was a hit. Yeah, that was during the soft launch. Yeah, so we yeah. ended up doing trying that out during the first week when we have soft launched and that sold out pretty quickly. Um, so we're just, it was, it was really cool to see how like the different profiles that everyone else was really interested into at, in, in the community. It was like, you're not the only one kind of feeling. Which is great. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, we, 
unfortunately, we ran out of time because we were having so much fun talking about ice cream and avocados and coffee and brownies. Oh, my. <laughs> but uh, let our listeners know where they can find you online and in person. Yeah. So we're are, uh, on Instagram at Luanogs. Uh, so it's L-U-A-N-D-A-U-G-S. And our website is the same thing, lewinogs.com. And then we're located on 28 right in House Place, Ardmore, PA. Thank you so much, Ash um, and, and Preetha. I loved having you on. I'm not at my like top of the game right now, but I loved having you on. And I look forward to trying out what you guys have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so psyched to see you. All right. Have, thank you. And... We'll be right back next week with a brand new episode of Food Farms and Chefs, but make sure to tune in and try, try out all of our guests and their restaurants and cocktails. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com. 